Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the T and Crystal's podcast. I am T. And I'm Crystal. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so happy to have you all with us today on this episode, the 21st episode of the T and Crystal's podcast. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I'm gonna be honest, up front, your boy <laughs> is a little under the weather. <clears throat> I'm a little, my throat is a little scratchy. I may sound a little hoarse by the end of this episode. That's why I got my hood on. I'm trying to keep myself warm, trying to keep my neck warm so I can make it to the end of this episode. So everybody say thank you, Crystal, in advance for being the anchor of this episode. (laughs) I surely told her in our pre-show meeting, I was like, girl, look, you're going to be doing some heavy lifting here. Okay, we're going to get through this thing. I just want to let y'all know. The type of commitment that we have to this show, we finna get it done each and every time, okay? Now, granted, we are recording this episode a little earlier in the week than we usually do, so if it was the end of the week, y'all would have been shit out of luck, (laughs) because I know by the end of the week, I'm going to be out of commission, so we're going to thank our lucky stars that we get to have this time together okay that we get to fellowship together in the halls of t and crystal um but as per usual before we get into everything and we have some very very good stuff for y'all today let me tell y'all we 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 didn't dug deep into the reddit why they get me every time into the wedded wabbit hole. I'm going to just start saying wedded wabbit hole. <laughs> I was about to say, we're bringing it back to like our first episode where we were, we For warned you. y'all, we warned Listen, y'all that we, we can't really say I'm, those words sometimes. For y'all who have been to a Baptist church, I am on the sick and shut in list. Okay. <laughs> y'all going to have to excuse me. We dug deep into the Reddit rabbit hole to bring y'all some good stories. <clears throat> Chris and I, I, I think picked a creme de la creme. This week, I don't know what she got, and she don't know what I got. But I just have that feeling, I have that aura, I got the sensation that it's going to be a good episode, despite you know the sickness that is in the air. So before we really get up into that thing, Crystal, how you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I actually just heard my nephew come in the house, so apologies in advance for anyone who might hear <laughs> a child or dogs in the background. Um, but I'm good. Uh, we've had some, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I totally forgot that I have to, I have to tell you a story after you tell me how you're doing, <laughs> but literally the triggering just, you'll see, we'll talk about it after. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, yeah, my week's been good. Our social media has been going great. We finally hit 10 K on our TikTok, which it blows my mind that we got there. When we started at the beginning of September, mind you, out of all the socials, TikTok was the one social that I had never done, Timmy had never done. Um, I think I might have gotten it right around, you know, 2021 was when I got my personal one. And I think I posted exactly one video and I never even scrolled through it or anything like that. And I never picked it up again. It was just, you know, every couple of years, a new social media blows up and, and I just don't have the capacity to try to keep up with the trends. It's not me anymore. Um, but I knew that, you know, going into the podcast, that was something that we were probably going to have to do. So, when I was looking all through it and it's like, oh, yeah, to qualify for certain things, you have to have 5,000 followers or 10K 
uh, followers. And I'm just looking and I'm like, we're never going to get there. We're, it's going to take us right. years. It's going to take right. us years to get there. So mm. for us to be there, you know, starting, you know, five months, what, five months out, five, six months out, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's wild to me. And it's it's really cool and it's really crazy, but it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, personal embarrassment aside. Um, I really do enjoy uh, communicating with most of y'all in the comments i will say that because some of y'all i don't know what it is about some debbie downers that you just what the negativity sometimes guys like i don't get it we ain't even finna give y'all too much okay we i'm proud of us i'm proud of of what we have accomplished so far yeah truly I don't even know how much credit I can give us. I think <laughs> it is just, I really think it's the people, you know, enjoying it, seeing mm-hmm. it, sharing it. That That is so important. Like yeah. seeing all the people that are, are saving posts, sharing posts, commenting on posts, you know, all of that really does matter. So thank y'all again. <clears throat> we had to share that milestone with y'all because mm-hmm. y'all did it. You know what I'm saying? Did. Um, so we really, really, really appreciate that. Thank you for highlighting that for us, Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, not to bring the mood down, but <laughs> I gasped audibly, right? Because something you said jogged my memory of a story that I actually was going to share with you in the pre-show meeting because I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it to the podcast. But since we're here, I might as well. So today, I did tell you in the pre-show meeting that I had some business to handle. And I live in a metropolitan area, okay? So things are walkable for me. So I had to go handle some business and I had to walk home. And it's about a half an hour from where I live. So, you know, this morning, you know, I'm not feeling great, (laughs) as I explained, but it was a beautiful morning. You know, the air was crisp. You know, the sun was out, which for over here around this time of year is rare. So the sun was actually out beaming. You know, there was nobody on the street for real. So it was just a wonderful time and environment to be walking in. So, you know, had my earbud in listening to a little podcast, you know, reflecting on what I have to do for the day and whatever, whatever. So I get about like five minutes from home and I make this cut through what what we call the duck pond. It's a, it's a little uh, park that's pretty close to where we live. Crystal, I think I, I think we took you there. I can't remember when you came to visit, but it's, it's a little pond that has a bunch of ducks and it's really pretty. So I, I take the scenic route. So I, I cut out back onto the street. So I'm, I'm taking my phone out to answer a text message. And in, I just see a flash in the corner of my eye. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm, you know, I, what is that? So I'm like, okay, it must be an animal. So, you know, I stop just for a split second. I see it's a cat on the ground and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I always talk to the little animals, you know, that's, we have a bunch of cats that be hanging, you know, alley cats and whatever that be around, always stop to say hey to the cats. So I'm like, okay, a little cat. So you know how cats, anybody who's familiar with cats, <clears throat> excuse me, will 
like rub their head up against things, like whether they rub their head on the ground or up against a, a stone. So the cat is in this person's driveway and, you know, it's turned with its like head to the side like it was scratching his head. Now, mind you, all of these realizations I'm explaining to you are happening in less than a second. Like it's, it's like, boom, I saw a flash. Oh, it must be rubbing his head on the ground. So then I start to bend down to say hey to the kitty because the kitty is like turned up. Only to get halfway in my reach and realize this fucking cat is dead. <laughs> Crystal, turn your microphone on because these people going to hear me laughing by myself and think that I'm crazy. <laughs> no. Listen, the cat was dead, y'all. The, it, I, it, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I thought the cat was just getting a good morning stretch in because it was like eight something in the morning. I thought the cat was like, you know, Tom and Jerry in it. Like he was stretching to go get him a mouse or something. Yeah. And I bent down and he was dead as a doorknob. Like I don't. And and the crazy thing is like he was freshly dead. If that makes sense. If that makes sense. Because he looked like he had just came out the house. Like yeah. coat was beautiful eyes was like regular degular like Mm -hmm. but he was he was in the driveway up against a little stone with his head turned up like he was mid-stretch and just died and so when i got home i sent a voice message to my wife and i was like oh my god i'm traumatized like i just saw this dead cat i was about to pet this dead cat and i was distraught and she was like oh my god that's so crazy and then, like, 20 minutes later, she texted me again, and she was like, oh, my God, because there's a neighborhood Facebook group. She was like, oh, my God, somebody just posted that they found a dead cat in the neighborhood Facebook group and was like, is this anybody's cat? And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, Crystal, Crystal. I wonder like, if, I do wonder, like, if it belonged, if it was in its owner's driveway, because, you know, there are some animals that will instinctively know they're about to go and they'll go they'll glory. try to leave and go somewhere else to to pass. Well, um, baby ain't making far. She ain't making it to the end of the driveway. She got to the end of that driveway and the engine gave out. Okay. But it really I didn't know like it was such a weird position. Like I'm like, okay, did the cat get hit by a car and somebody just laid the cat up against the stone to make it look like it died of natural causes? Like it was such a weird position. Like it really looked like the cat was mid-head scratch, mid-stretch, and just stopped moving, was dead. Like it was frozen in time. Like eyes was open, mouth was open. Like, oh, I can still see the cat. Lord, anyway. Yeah, y'all. That that's how I that's how I started my day, and it's just been a progressive spiral ever since then, um, culminating in the recording of this podcast. So, <laughs> I thought I would I would trauma dump onto y'all. Thank you for coming to my trauma dump. I was about to say, yeah, they're probably sitting there like, yeah, you could have just kept this in the pre-show. You didn't need to bring this. We didn't need to know. Like someone is holding their cat a little extra tighter now. Listen, you better hold Scruffles tighter tonight, okay? Look, <laughs> what look, y'all. We are happy when you guys trauma dump on us. You have to allow us the chance to do the same every okay. once in a while, okay? Because I'm going through it, you know. <laughs> I, I I had a cat. Well, I have a cat, so she's still alive. <clears throat> I think she about, I think my cat is like, I think she's like 13 now. Yeah, cats live a long time. They do. Mm-hmm. 
frisky compared to our compared to our dogs sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, Crystal. You ready to get the show on the road? Because I know I am. <laughs> this is us talking. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> anyway, sorry, mom. Let's, let's get into these. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's get into these uh Reddit rabbit hole streets. Um, I'm going to start us off today, if y'all don't mind. I'm going to apologize in advance <clears throat> because my throat is locking up on me, which is why I'm clearing my throat every three seconds. So I'm going to try not to. But this is a, a bit of a a bit of a lengthy story, so I apologize if I have to pause. To clear my throat. Okay. Um, this one comes from the subreddit R slash Am I the Asshole? And it is entitled Am I the Asshole for Coming to Dinner Basically Topless? Here we go. <laughs> Crystal, what did I tell you? What did I tell you about laughing at these goddamn stories before I get started? You set me Look. up for failure. These you know titles you be coming with. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm sharing it. Okay, here it's we go. like you hear these titles, and I automatically want to be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes, girl." Okay, y'all remember that? But, but let me hear the story before I make mm-hmm. any judgments. Okay. Um. So it goes like this. I've dreaded posting this for a while because I'm afraid that I might be the asshole. But I just gotta know. So here it goes. My parents-in-law and brother-in-law came to visit and stay for a month with my husband, 27, and I, 28 female, oops, sorry, 27 male, and I, 28 female, after I had a baby. For context, if it makes any difference, I'm German and my husband and his family are Italian. The baby was three months old at the time and I breastfed her. Usually, I just nurse on the couch in the living room because, but because company was staying, I go to my bedroom. After <laughs> sorry, after I nursed her, she usually fall asleep and take a nap, and then I'd have some free time. Since my family was visiting, I tried to plan her naps around our meal time to spend time with the family uninterrupted. My mother-in-law has a thing that when food is on the table, you must come there pronto. Sometimes I'd be late coming to the meal because babies are unpredictable and she wouldn't fall asleep right away or would be nursing longer than normal. To this, my mother-in-law would barge into my room and announce who was ready, all impatient. This startled the baby and made the process last much longer than it should have. The result is I would eat my food later than everyone else alone and the food would be cold. It left me fuming. More work to do with the baby, and I'm secluded. This happened several times. I asked my husband to talk to her and explain I can't always come on time. He talked to her, but she still did it all the time anyway. So I simply decided to stop being late to dinners. Child, buckle in. Here we go. The next time she barged into my room and announced that food was ready, I came without hesitation. I came to the table exactly as I was. No shirt, half a bra, baby hanging on to one tit. Nothing was seen as the baby's head covered everything anyway. But still, ensue uproar. Goes a little something like this. Mother-in-law exclaims, what the hell am I doing at the table like this? I'm indecent. There are men at the table and I should be ashamed. I yell back. What the hell does she keep calling me to the table for when I'm not yet ready? 
I have no reason to be in my room alone with my baby while everyone else is out having a great time. Brother and father-in-law are trying not to get in the argument. Husband ushers me back to the room and scolds me, taking his mother's side. He says he gets that I'm frustrated, but this action didn't help anything. But after that, mother-in-law didn't bother me again while I was busy with the baby. So what if I come to meals a little later than everyone has started eating? The roof did not cave in. Anyways, everyone lived happily ever after. The end. Am I the asshole? No, you're not the asshole, but your husband might be. Because let me tell you something. Why is your husband not waiting for you two guys to have your meals together? I don't understand this. Like, you know, Italian mama, she might have her routine set and, you know, her husband and her kids or whatever, they, they're used to being on her schedule or whatever, but your husband, regardless now he has another family. Now he has you and he has a baby. And if you're stuck in the room feeding the baby, I understand him not being able to do anything at that time. But if you know that your mom's not going to let you eat with them late or whatever, so you're going to be forced to essentially eat by yourself. Why is he not being like, I'm going to eat with my wife. I'm going to wait for her to be done we'll eat together. That way, you know, when you're ready, he can reheat the food up that you guys have or just keep it warm for you. And then you guys can sit at the table and have a meal. I don't understand why he wasn't doing that. Um, so I, I applaud you for having the gall to do that because obviously it was needed. And I don't understand why they were like Pikachu face. Like, what did they expect you to do? If you're coming in announcing that you're feeding, you know, dinner's ready and they're expecting you to go, did they expect to be like, oh, sorry, three month old, you got to wait and then go have dinner with them while this child is screaming for the food that they did not get to finish? Like, what did mom do when she was nursing all these kids? Two things, right? It seemed like the. Have you ever seen that meme of it's like a drawing and the ba- and the lady has a baby and she's like yeet and she's like throwing the baby. <laughs> yeah. Is that what the mother in law is? Is that what you wanted? Do? Right. Like you just you want to rip the baby, that baby in the crib. You know what I'm saying? Rip that baby off the titty and and dunk that baby in the crib and say fuck right. I'll be back after dinner. Right. And the thing that bothers me about this situation, right, is the husband obviously. He's showing up to dinner on time. He's seeing his mom go to bother his wife about coming to dinner. Why are you not stopping your mama? See, I don't like, I don't, I don't like the whole mama's boy shit is weird to me. Okay. Like if you don't have boundaries with your parents, baby, I feel sorry for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to grow up. And some people think that shit is cute. And it's not. This whole, I'm going to do whatever my mama say, fuck my girlfriend, fuck my wife, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they usually draw the line to their kids, which is mm-hmm. crazy to me. But the fact that you won't draw the line for your spouse or your significant other is whack as hell, is corny as hell. Like, I, I, For me, I don't see how women find that attractive. Mm-mm. 
if I, your I man either. is up under his mama's titty like that, I just don't see how you find that attractive. I don't know how you guys can function because eventually it's going to cause a problem for you guys in the family dynamic. You know, whether or not it's when you're about to get married, when you guys have kids, after your kids are, you know, when you're raising your kids at some point, that intrusiveness is going to get in between y'all's marriage. And you knew you married a mama's boy. So there's a very good chance that that man's going to choose his mother. I'm with you at some point, men. Y'all got to cut that umbilical cord. Like at some point. I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Crystal. Give them a word tonight. Cut that umbilical cord. Let your mama go. Listen here. We love our mothers, right? Instinctively, inherently. Mothers usually get a lot more affection from their kids than fathers do. For whatever reason, moms are more cuddly. Moms gave birth to you. You know, moms are softer, usually. But you got to get up off that titty, grown man. You are 34 years old. You are 34. You have a child on a titty in the room now. Get your shit. Stand up. Be a man. Stand up. Y'all wanna y'all wanna practice this toxic masculinity until it comes time for you to get up up from under your motherfucking mama. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't listen, y'all about to make me mad because I'm about to call <laughs> your mama bald headed and I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I will. And this is your story. Listen, not me getting mad at my mama. All right, let me shut the hell up. Let me shut, listen. Cause it, so, that's why I picked it. Yeah. It, it really it really I, I understand. Me yeah. That he left her hanging like that. Yeah. Like at the I know she's complaining about the mother-in-law, but girl, you really need to be looking at your husband. Because to me, while the mother-in-law was problematic, it's really your husband and how he dealt with the whole situation that made it even more problematic. Um but we are in agreement, not the asshole. <laughs> I totally understand why you did it. I don't know what she was expecting or any of them really were expecting because, you know, any one of them could have stood up for you. So not the asshole. And I hope considering you said they all lived happily ever after. I really hope that's true. I really hope. I think in her version of things falling out, it is a happily ever after. I'm sure (laughs) they are quite upset still. Right, right. Um, but in her version, her mother-in-law left her the hell alone. Right. And number one, anyway, no, nope, we're going to leave it alone. Because I'm like, why the fuck are they staying there for that long and you got a brand new baby? But that's a whole other story for another day. Let mm-hmm. us move on. Let's get deeper into the whole. Krista, what do you have for us this week? Uh, this is under the Bridezilla's tag in subreddit. Ooh, we ain't had one of them in a while, y'all. Here we yep. go. This is the t- the title is very simple. It just says Couplezilla, Couplezilla story. Uh-uh. So, this is a couple, not just a bride. <clears throat> Anyways, my husband was asked to be the best man at his friend's wedding. The couple decided to not get married for two years, so they had time to plan their dream wedding and save for their honeymoon to an expensive location. That's cool to each their own. The planning process was a nightmare. Several friends had dropped from. E- 
even attending the wedding due to the bride's awful attitude and the groom's sense of entitlement. About six months before the wedding, the groom asked my husband about the bachelor's party. My husband told the groom that he and the other groomsmen would get a limo and do a bar crawl with some adult entertainment at a great spot close to home. The groom said nothing. The following day, the bride sent the group chat. Sorry. The following day, the bride sent a group text to all groomsmen ripping them a new asshole that they're fucking useless and she can't believe she's doing their job for them. She said that they've had two years to plan and save and the bachelor's party they had two years to plan and save and the bachelor's party needs to consist of at least a three-day weekend in Vegas, renting a suite at Caesar's Palace and treating the groom like a king and footing the entire bill. I should note, The Hangover was a really popular movie at the time. My husband texted the bride outside of the group text and told her that some life issues had come up and we couldn't afford an extravagant weekend in Vegas, but the bar crawl would be great and the groom would surely have a good time. Not good enough. She texted paragraphs about how our money problems were not her problem. And if he couldn't do this, they would find another best man who could. My husband, never one to hold his tongue, let alone his filter, said to her, why would I spend all this money? You'll be divorced in two years. He was jazzy jeffed out of the wedding party and we were uninvited. <laughs> the groom ended up having two bachelor parties, one in Vegas, the other in Montreal, with two people in attendance at each. The happy couple filed for divorce 23 months after they were married. Girl, get the fuck out of here. You, I, I'm so glad that I was on mute. Because the noises that I was making over here were unnatural. <laughs> they were unbecoming of a young black man. I'm so glad that that would not be broadcast onto the world. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. It was, the, jab start. It was the jazzy Jeff. I'm just, ah! Because <laughs> that, that was funny to me. <clears throat> but when that lady had called me useless... I think I would have disappeared from our text thread. And the next thing you would have heard is. <laughs> and that would have been me <laughs> knocking on the door because I'm whooping all, I, everybody on the premises. You, your dog, your parrot. I'm beating them fish up in the tank. I'm beating your husband up. Like, I ain't finna be the woman. Up. I'm finna bring one of my homegirls. And you finna get tagged. Because um, <clears throat> ain't no way. Ain't no way. You finna talk to me crazy like that. I'm useless. I need to I need to get him a, a, a penthouse at the Caesar's Palace and I need to pay for everything. Oh, I was about to say something crazy. I was about to say something crazy because you know what? I'm gonna say it. Anybody that I'm spending that type of money on. Better be giving that hole up at the end of the night. I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't going to lie to you. If I'm spending them type of ducats, you better you better lay it low and spread it wide. I ain't no way. And ain't mind no you. way I'm spending that type of money on that man. If this was your expectation for bachelor parties and you 
knew you weren't getting married for two years, why wouldn't you have somehow mentioned this in any way, just in case it could have been an option? That's something that they could have, like, for you couples, like, why do you think people should just be able to read your mind? Like, what you expect from your wedding isn't what anybody else is thinking. The extravagance, the lengths you want to go to, the places you want to go, you have to discuss that because nobody else is thinking about that. Nobody plans their wedding the same way as any one other person. So you might have, your bridesmaid might be someone who's, you know, very introverted. And so their idea of a good bridesmaid is just, you know, having all the girls have a sleepover at your house and being very low key. And that's their idea for a bachelor party. Whereas your idea is to go somewhere overseas and party it up for the weekend. But how are they supposed to know unless you say that? Like, you know, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think it's kind of crazy that these people get these extravagant ideas of, I mean, I get everybody's in, in different tax brackets, but these stories that we have had recently in these situations, these people really expect their friends, like even if they're in a in a sub tax bracket from their friends, they expect their friends to plan things out in a tax bracket above and beyond anything, anyone that they're related to can afford. Right. And I just don't, I just don't understand that. Yeah. And I know that these people wouldn't shovel out that same type of cash. For for, their friends. For their friends. Right. Exactly. I'm just like, where do y'all get the audacity? Where do y'all get the gall? You know, where does this entitlement come from? Right. Like, how have I known? I don't know. I, I don't think I would ever end up in this situation because- this type of behavior doesn't just pop up out of nowhere because you get no. married. Like right. this is something this this shit has shown itself in various forms throughout the time that you have known these people and you have probably ignored the red flags. But for me, you would have been dropped a long time ago. Because you only have to show me your true colors once, baby. And it's 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 pretty difficult to come back around. Mm-hmm. The other side, once you show me them traits, because we I, I, we just don't have time for that. No. There's no time for that type of energy in your life. So I'm just like, count. Be happy that these people have shown you who they are at this point in your life, and let it go. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, he made the right decision considering they got divorced 23 months after the wedding, which is. Pretty much two years, which is mm-hmm. what you said. So um, yep. kudos to him for knowing this relationship uh, and seeing those signs already. But yeah, I'm with you. I think people, for some reason, when they get start to get married, they suddenly think that everybody in their life are millionaires and can afford everything that they ever want. Right. So. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I am. I guess I am an outlier. I am very much not a wedding person mm-hmm. like i really let me not say it too much i really don't i'm trying not to get myself in trouble i, I i've never had those type of aspirations when it comes to the party side of it 
Mm-hmm. Like the whole buying expensive ass stuff just for this one day. Like I it's never computed for me. It's never made sense for me. I've never related to to that dream that people are obsessed with. I just I don't get it. Like, do you have you ever had that? Where you're like, I want to arrive in a carriage. I want to float onto the and into the altar on a cloud of balloons that they pop no. one at a time. <laughs> Granted, when I think about a wedding, like I don't think my ideas are necessarily cheap. Um, but they are. They tend to be like smaller in scale. They're definitely it te- definitely tends to go towards more intimate. But there are elements of luxury I guess that I would think about I just don't know how much they would be so like for me I would love to get married like somewhere forest like and have like those like clear balloon um tent things that people can hang out in during the the receptions and stuff like that like things like that where it's only there's only I would I imagine only like I don't know like 50 altogether, like 25 of my people, 25 of his people at most. And for a lot of people, that's small. And for other people, that's huge. Like, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. Um, But it like, I see that stuff and I'm like, oh, that'd be really pretty. But I'm sure that'd also be really expensive. Um, But it's not like, while I think about that stuff, in reality, I don't know what the situation's going to be or where it's going to happen or with whom, but whatever our situation is, the most important part is that we would be getting married to each other. So if neither one of us can afford a wedding, if none of our families can help us get a wedding together, I would also be perfectly happy going to the justice of the peace and just having a good day with Mm -hmm. friends and family. You know, it's not wrong to dream. You're more than welcome to dream and have these thoughts and these fantasies and these, you know, make these little Pinterest boards of things you'd like to have. But when the day actually comes, just remember, it's not about those things. It's about the person you're marrying and your marriage. Where that happens doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I guess I just, I think it's the idea of the dream that I just don't relate to. I have never, ever a single day in my life Mm-hmm. had the thought of a dream of a wedding mm-hmm. like right. what i want the wedding to and mind you i'm married i've been married <laughs> for years and had a wedding <clears throat> but i just don't it's not something that i have if it's something nice that's cool mm-hmm. you know but if it if it's literally just us two in a room that's perfect for me too like i yeah. i have just so when I that's why it's such a big reaction from me when I hear these stories because I'm like, where do y'all get this from? Like, where yeah. does that desire come from? You know, even for I don't even know if I talked about it on the podcast, but even for my birthday um, party that you came to at the end of last year, mm-hmm. I was like, no, <laughs> that is not happening. Like. It was a year prior to that party happening. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, mm-mm. And you saw how detailed, how much that was. And I actually had a whole conversation yesterday with somebody who was at the party. Uh, and that was my first time talking to them since then. And they were, you know, telling me how much they enjoyed the party, like how, what they observed from the party and stuff. And it was, I was like, it really made an impact on people. Like, it's kind of crazy. 
But for me, like, it could have been, we could have been down to the Ruby Tuesdays at a long table. And it, you know what I'm saying? I would have been just as happy. But for me in that situation, it was more of like a blessing to have everybody there. And, you know, it was more of the fellowship with people than it was about the actual event for me. Like, that's what I took away. The connections with everybody, the love from everybody. So it, it really isn't about what's on the tables, what what food we serve and what venue we're in, you know, all that stuff. It, that's the part that don't matter to me is literally who is there, the connections we have with each other, the love that we're pouring on each other. That's the important part. And baby, we can do that in the parking lot of the Cracker Barrel if we need to. You know what I'm saying? And I want me a catfish breakfast right now <laughs> as we're recording this podcast okay Listen, good good luck Girl. <laughs> you gotta make that you yourself mm-hmm. all right so we're moving on to the last story now this one is a pretty long one because it has several updates which i would think my comments will explode with happiness because this should be a full full story in its entirety <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about updates because it's here. Kristen Uh. warned (laughs) y'all. And she's giving me free reign to cuss y'all out in the comments. So just be aware. (laughs) But this is, I think this is an older story. um, Because I, unlike Timmy, when we decided almost or probably a year ago to do this podcast, I don't know exactly when we decided to do this, but it was around this time. Yeah, I was about to say, probably this week. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, a year ago, yeah. like a year ago for us. Um, you know, even even though he really wasn't Reddit versed, uh, I kind of was. But when I realized that we were going to be doing this kind of podcast and kind of what we were going to do, I immediately started to save stories that I would find every once in a while. So I had this long list and I noticed that all these stories that I saved a while ago are just getting pushed back because I, I'm just grabbing from the top right the last couple episodes. So I decided to go way back to see the things that I used to save. So I found this story. So it is an older story. I don't remember how long ago it was posted. But this was on the subreddit. Today I fucked up. Um, and the title is, Today I fucked up by getting tested to donate a kidney to my wife. Y'all strap oh, in. I can't imagine <laughs> how this is about to go. I was about to say, y'all strap in. This is going to be quite the ride. Quite the ride. <clears throat> I decided to get tested to see if I could donate my kidney to my wife of six years. We have two kids together, four female and two male. My wife got sick just after our son was born and now is in need of a kidney transplant. We checked with the relatives and none were a match or a viable donor. Last week I got tested. I knew it would be a long shot, so I decided to get tested to see if I could donate. I got a call the other day saying that I was a match. The doctor then said something about wanting to do additional testing due to some information from the HLA tissue test results. I didn't think much of it and agreed. Then the results came in and I was shocked 
and confused. He explained that because of how DNA information is passed down through generations, a parent to a child could have at least a 50% match. Siblings could have a 0 to 100% match. It was rare to have a high match as husband and wife. I asked, what does that mean? He said that my wife and I had an abnormally high match percentage. Long story short, we're related. No, I'm not kidding. I was put up for adoption before I was born, placed into a family that moved across the country. I knew I was adopted, but we didn't have any information about my bio family. It was a closed adoption. I met my wife by chance eight years ago. I was on a trip from work and she was working at the site I went to. We worked together for a week. We exchanged numbers, kept in touch. I was sent back there three more times that year and each time we became closer. I was given the opportunity to be transferred out there in a new hire position in a different department as hers and the rest is history. I don't know what to do moving forward, but I know it may be wrong. She is my wife and the mother of our kids. This post is probably going to get removed, but it is all true. Look at the, he, and then he had an edit. He says, look at name. All of my family is from my adopted parents. My parents adopted me two minutes after I was born. Their name is on my birth certificate. They were not told anything about my bio parents and don't have any info. Her family is not a match. As stated above, most of her family has low match potential or can't donate due to medical or other reasons. I am two years older than my wife. I do know that my wife was born when her parents were late teens. So that's the first part of the story. Am I allowed to comment? Yes. Oh my God, because I am bursting at the seams. I cannot. Oh. <laughs> oh. I I am just I'm flabbergasted. Like right. So this could be his it has to be his sister. That's what it's implying, considering siblings can have a zero to one hundred percent match and he's stating that they have an unusually high match. I'm assuming the doctor is essentially referring to the fact that this like, baby, is probably his sister. That's that's your sister. We need to check them kids. Like mm-hmm. the the key is the kids. What 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 nor in in abnormalities do these kids have? Because mm-hmm. they're not gonna tell me for real if we if we I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Mm-mm. I think he did say in some of the comments that the kids were perfectly fine. Like nothing, nothing to them mm. indicated that anything was amiss with them. They've had two perfectly healthy children. He okay. never knew anything about his bio parents, um, not what they look like. And I guess he was adopted like literally two minutes after he was born. He was right. immediately given to the other family. So it was a closed adoption, so his bio family doesn't know what he looks like either. Um, so. But okay, but my question is, were they implying that the wife is also adopted but don't know it? I don't think so. I think she, their parents had her two years after him because they don't, had her. Don't do that. The way you just slid that in, their parents. Did y'all catch I'm that? I'm sorry. Did y'all catch how she just slid that shit in there all I... sly, all slick and whatever? Yeah, because then their parents. <laughs> you are. Oh, that is. I didn't ooh. mean it like that. I mean, her but parents, it's the truth. <laughs> it is. Her parents had her two years after 
they right. had him and yeah. her parents were late teens. So when they had him, it, they must have had him when well, when mid, the mom had him, because right. we don't know if they share the same day. I think that was kind of confirmed in the comments, but I and think there we are. And there we think, are. <laughs> I don't think they're half siblings. Oh, <gasps> No, because you say it was abnormally high, so that's why I was like, okay, maybe we're in like the 50, 70 percentile. Like, <laughs> like I thought maybe we were in that range, so they won't like, you know, strictly brother, sister. I thought it was gonna be like, you know, some mixy mixy shit. Mm. But you, t- um, oh my God. well, they like I said, they have some updates. I I haven't read the full updates yet, so I'm gonna be in it with you about what's being. But I want to say when I first read that, I feel like they make mentions about like both her mother and her father. Like, so we're gonna move on to the update. So this is the same title today. I fucked up by getting tested to donate a kidney to my wife. Update. So first he he answered some questions. One of the questions he answered was, no, there was no genetic testing when we got married. Our state stopped doing that in the 1990s. The reason I did not go into too much detail is to try not to be so specific that I or my wife might be recognized. Well, the front page of Reddit didn't help with that. Um, the reason her family couldn't donate was that close relatives had some medical issues that prevented them from donating. Examples are high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, heavy drinkers, and more. The further out we tested, the less percent of a match. I wanted to be tested because we needed to find someone. The doctor said it would be unlikely, but it wouldn't hurt to try. I was freaking out after I got the news and had to get outside advice. When the doc said that the percentage was abnormally high and that we might be related, I kind of zoned out and started to piece things together in my mind. My parents lived a thousand miles away. They met my in-laws a few times, once at my wedding, and then both my children were born. My children are fine. My daughter is incredibly smart for her age, and my son is a handful and healthy. The way my adoption worked was my bio mom gave birth to me. I was checked out and put in a different room. I was there, I was there, but I don't know how it officially worked. From what my parents explained, they were in that room waiting. They never met my bio mom in person. My bio mom only had a profile and picked them out of many candidates. I called my parents and told them that I needed to know everything they knew about my bio mom. They told me that they had limited knowledge. They said she was a single mom, that she was 16 years old. The father was not in the picture. Also, I was born in a hospital one hour from where my wife was born. Like I said, limited knowledge. Growing up, I didn't want to find out about my bio parents. To me, my parents were always my parents. I knew I was adopted and that it was a closed adoption. I figured it wouldn't matter long term. I'm not going to do an additional at-home DNA test through any of the traditional testing sites like 23 or Ancestry due to personal reasons, like the like the possibility of the family finding out. The doc the doc said all of this to only me, not with my wife present. Some of the additional tests were done through the doctor, which was the CM test. I'm not an expert on DNA testing. They said it was like a 1900 plus CM match. This basically confirms one of my bio parents is one of hers. It can also mean first cousins or aunt slash uncle. I'm guessing her dad. When my kids were born, my parents brought photos of me as a baby and commented that I and my son looked a lot like my wife's dad. 
My son was easily, easily explainable, but all three of us are a different story. I'm not going to bring this up ever. I might look at my father-in-law differently, but nothing will hopefully change. I am donating my kidney to my wife. We have started the full process. That takes time and a lot of preparation. I plan on talking to my wife after the surgery and after recovery. We will decide what to do with our kids if we are going to get them tested or ever tell them. I will not be leaving my wife. I love and will always be there for her. I made vows and I will keep them. I love her more than I would a half-sister. I do plan on telling her after the surgery. (laughs) She is not doing well and I think this will be even harder in her. I would rather her know that I love her as a husband rather than flip her world upside down right before life-changing and dangerous surgery if something were to happen. Telling our kids is not a decision I'm going to make on our own. It will be a joint thing after my wife knows. Hell no, hell no, hell no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't like this. I, I'm not for this. I'm, I'm not for it. Listen, listen to me. This is crazy, sir. The fact that you will risk telling your wife after she has this major surgery, why would you wait until she is in the most vulnerable state that she's going to be in? She going to be laid up in that hospital bed, fresh out of surgery. It's going to take her months to recover from him. And you don't even know if the if the kidney is going to be rejected by her body. Why would you risk her being in that state and giving this news to her and risk her getting sick and being out of this world? That's number one. Number two, you better not never tell them kids. Even if you do discuss it with her, don't tell them kids that they are sister- they are sibling cousins. Sibling cousins. Oh, girl. They are sibling cousins. Don't ever tell them kids that. Because that they will never be right a day in their lives. It's crazy enough that you... If you know that that's your sister, right? Because you pretty much confirm that that's your mama and your daddy. Because even your... Your adopted parents said, you look a lot like your father-in-law. If they noticed it enough to say it, they mean that that's your daddy. The fact that you're not sharing this with your wife yet. Excuse me, your sister. Your sister wife, not the sister wife. They got a whole show. Anyway, (laughs) not your sister wife. You not sharing that with your sister wife. Is crazy. The fact that you can, like, I'm my stomach turning just thinking about it. The fact that you continuing to swan dive into that punani, knowing that that's your sister, knowing that y'all share not just a mama, not just a daddy, but a mama and a daddy, more than likely. I'm sorry. What's done is done, but I can't do it no more. Like, I. I'm not finna be your sibling. You know what I'm saying? What do I do at at the Thanksgiving table? What do I do at the Christmas table? You know what I'm saying? What do I do? Do Do I post on National Sibling Day on Facebook and post a picture of my wife? (laughs) Like, how do I handle this? National Sister Day. National Brother Day. What about these holidays? These things are important. There are implications here, right? I don't think you're seeing the big picture, right? 
I don't think you're saying it. Um, because I'm pretty sure at some fast food chains, they do certain celebrations for certain events, right? So are you finna go and get you a free Big Mac on Mother's Day or National Siblings Day? You're on- done. Stop. <laughs> you're cut off. <laughs> you're cut off. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. can't imagine being in this position. While I, I, I don't even, I can't even imagine when you're, I mean, I would love to be able to say, oh, I would not be able to do it. I would not be able to do it, but I don't know if it would depend on how, like if you looked at your wife right now and you found out she was actually your sister, which would be impossible, but <laughs> <laughs> if you, you did, my eyes booked, I was like, what kind of, <laughs> now, what kind of voodoo is this? <laughs> <laughs> but if it was, <laughs> Like you would be able to just up and leave her, like absolutely. If I found out that my significant other is my blood sibling, mm-hmm. there just for the simple fact that I will, we will never be able to bump nasties again. Yeah, that would I'm be a think problem about that. with me. Yeah, I, yeah, we're not gonna be able to bump nasties no more because there is no mm-hmm. way. Then I'm going to be able to think of you other than my sibling. Yeah. And that's going to deteriorate the relationship anyway. So we might as well just part ways, baby. Yeah. You know, fix fix what we have done <laughs> and move forward from there. There's yeah. no, when I tell you absolutely no way. Yeah, I, I feel for this guy and the decision he and her ultimately make or made. Um but you know, some people, I guess, you know, when you don't grow up with someone, they don't, they just don't have that mindset, I guess, of this is my sibling, regardless. I don't know. You know, nowadays in mainstream media, they make that thing a thing now. You know, people are becoming desensitized to that stuff, I guess. It's not for me. Desensitized um, to what? Like incest. They like root for people. Root for who? For siblings. To be together? Yeah. Have you not seen like Games of Thrones or I think there was another historical one. Oh, child. I thought you were talking about like reality TV. No, not reality. (laughs) I I don't watch reality television. Oh my God. You know I don't watch reality. You scared me so bad because I was like. But you know mainstream media. Incest? Like. But on mainstream media, you know, they have these Mm. actors, but their characters are technically siblings and they'll they'll just be like, I don't even care if y'all are related. Like y'all are so hot and I'm just like but I've aren't they siblings on this it. show <laughs> i've seen it for games it. of thrones i've seen it there was another show it was on stars i think and they like and pe- there was and people there was yeah people will root for them even the the supernatural fandom even though the two main characters are supposed to be brothers like they had a whole fandom dedicated <laughs> to them being together and they even joke about it on the show they joke about it on the show, which is so but funny. But they to weren't me. together on the show. No, they were very clearly brothers. Uh, but people were writing fan fiction about yes. them being together? Yes. Child, you, listen, 
we exist primarily on the internet, but the internet is a sick place. It is. Okay? That's why I'm saying there it becomes. Is... Some people become desensitized to that stuff. Mm. I don't know what this couple has read, where they're just like, it's it's fine, it's fine. Um, well, shit, she ain't read nothing because she don't I know. know. <laughs> well, they have. We have one more big update, so I'm gonna get. Oh, I'm gonna okay. get started with that. Mm-hmm. So let's see what 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 ends up ultimately happening. So. He says, okay, first, my wife and I did go through with the transplant. We are both recovering slash have recovered well now. My wife is the healthiest she has been since just after our son was born. So I kept to my original plan. I did not tell my wife about the possibility of us being related until after the surgery. Before the surgery, my parents came into town as soon as they could. It really helps having a big family support system like we have. The days leading up to the surgery seemed like there just wasn't enough time in the day for everything. With 900 doctor's appointments, getting things prepared for worst case scenarios, researching, setting up my parents and other family in our house to watch our kids, and just spending time together as a family. The doctors were fantastic and laid everything out in a professional but relatable fashion. They answered all the questions and concerns we had leading up to during and post-op. There were a ton of questions. It was one of the best feelings seeing my wife hopeful for the first time in a long time. I knew I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I took that away from her. In the days leading up, I decided I was going to write a letter to my wife if things went bad for me, but she survived. I wrote her six pages. I have small handwriting. In it, I told her how much I loved her, how much she changed me from the moment we met, how she was my universe, but also how sorry I was for keeping a secret from her and lying to her. Went into details of what I found out over the last week, how we might be related and all the evidence. I gave it to my parents to give to her if something were to happen to me. But if we both didn't make it, then to read it with my in-laws. I also made other letters. The surgery went well for both of us. They said my organs look mighty fine. The transplant worked out rather quickly for my wife and her body accepted it. I ended up scratching my eye pretty bad and they put an eye patch on me. So when I saw my wife for the first time, her first words to me were, the doctors knew we were here for the kidney, right? LOL. Um, Recovery sucks. There was virtually no position that was comfortable. Yada, yada, yada. Um, mm, I decided... Not to go against doctor's orders and not take it easy and ended up having to go to the ER and have a secondary surgery to repair damage I caused. Please listen to your medical professionals. During recovery, my wife got into TikTok slash Reddit. Well, after a time, she found a little post that made it way bigger than I ever intended. During this time, she started to ask me more in-depth questions about my adoption. My parents were still at the house at this point. Parents answered all questions. My wife used the excuse of wanting to put a memory book together for our kids and wanted to, to include a family history of us growing up and including our parents who raised us. She knew most of this info but wanted more details. She asked her dad about more details of his childhood, how he met my mother-in-law, if my mother-in-law was his first relationship. She knew some, but I was learning a lot. Also reminder, my wife was born when her parents were older teens. I'm older than her. He said no mill was no, he said no mother-in-law was not his first relationship. We ended up pulling out his old yearbooks of his of his from high school and he showed us the girl that we know he was not pulling anything out 
He showed us the girl who was his first relationship. I knew she was probably my bio mom. I could see features I have of her. He told us fond memories he had of her. He said their relationship ended because of her parents and he never saw her again. He tried finding out what happened to her but couldn't before the internet. Shortly after that, he asked out my mother-in-law and here we are. We got my father-in-law's side. Then my mother-in-law said, now let me tell you how it really happened. Proceeded to tell us a different story that it was more believable. Nothing about all of this was a red flag indicating that my wife knew my secret. But after that visit, I felt extremely guilty. She was healthier than she had been in years out of the major danger zone. So I had no real excuse not to tell her anymore. I took It took me two additional weeks to finally tell her. She noticed I was acting off and finally asked me if I was okay. I said I needed to talk to her about something serious, possibly life-altering, and potentially a relationship-ending topic, but that I love her and will do absolutely everything she decided from that point forward. She told me that was not a good start to a conversation and asked if I wanted to try again. So I gave her the letter I had written before the surgery. She went from curious, happy, crying, intense concentration, unreadable. In my head, I basically handed her divorce papers and I would never see her or my kids again. Our life that we have built just got nuked. I'm dramatic in my head when I get nervous. I pace back and forth. When she finished reading it, she took a moment, then came over to me, stopped me from pacing said to look at her, smile with a genuine smile, and said, you are the dumbest smart person I know, then kissed me. This started a long conversation. She came across my first post after the surgery and found it oddly specific to our situation. Even though I changed some facts and circumstances, she connected the dots. This started her trying to find out if it was true, if I would eventually tell her or continue to lie to her slash hide it from her. She reassured me that It changed nothing in our relationship. She is my wife. I am her husband. She will always have a piece of me with her at all times. She said like a bunch of comments that she doesn't view it as wrong because we did not grow up together. We didn't know. And it is a bit too late to back out now. We decided to have our kids do genetic testing when they are more age appropriate, mainly for the unknown from me being adopted. We are not for now, possibly ever telling anyone. We also looked up who we now suspect is my bio mom. When we found, what we found was that she ended up passing a few years ago due to drunk driver. Don't drink and drive. But I possibly have two other half sisters. So I have dating options down the road if needed. Wife hit me when I told her this. Kids are doing really well. All they know is that mommy is doing better and enjoying spending more time with her and the extra energy slash playfulness that she has hasn't had in a while. They are doing really well. So all in all, the best case scenario happened. The only things I would change is if the doctors tell you to take it easy and give you proper medical advice, follow it. Also, if you are keeping the secret from your wife uh, slash significant other, don't. They probably know already and is just getting, just letting you keep digging the hole deeper. My wife and I are doing really well. We are probably the closest we have been in a long time. I asked her to marry me again. She said she would think about it. Paused for five long seconds. And of course, yes, I will marry you. I'm not as afraid as I was about finding a family finding or seeing this post. I now have a goddess-like force to have my back if I slash we ever get questioned. We have made contingency plans. Like I said, I probably won't update again. I thank you all. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I... Listen, he knew what he was doing with them. <laughs> we are closer than ever.
ways than one. <laughs> like he knew. Oh my god, he knew what he was doing with that line. That is funny, sir. Kudos to you. Um, I just have one. I can really boil down my my thoughts of this entire story, um, and the way that it wrapped into one word. And that word would be disgusting. Um, <laughs> I am. I like how you try to turn this into a feel good story, sir. But it's lost on me. Okay, I'm not getting past the fact that y'all have siblings. I'm not doing it. Yeah, she grabbed. Oh, she grabbed. It's like a, a Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, he grabbed. She grabbed me by the shoulders, took me square in there. I planned a kiss on me and told me, "I am your what? No, bitch, you are my sister." You are my whole biological sister, and I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. The papers are signed. I just need your John Hancock on the line, and we can get on with the rest of our lives. You have got to be playing with me if you think that we finna be together. Like, no. This is over. We finna get them kids tested when they're old enough to realize that their life is a lie. (laughs) And we finna move on with our lives. Like, there is absolutely... There is nothing endearing. There's nothing cute. There's nothing heartwarming about the story to me. I'm sorry. Call call me cold hearted. Call me whatever y'all want to in the comments. It's sick. Okay. You sh- don't be humping on your siblings whole half or otherwise. Okay. Not even steps. Not even step siblings. Keep your hands. You know what? Back in the day. Anybody who grew up with a, with a with a black family, anytime the boys and the girls got too close, even if they was blood, cousins, whatever, whatever, y'all being mannish, if y'all got a little too 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 comfortable, a little too handsy, a little too close to laying up on each other, black people out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. They used to say, y'all getting mannish. Y'all in that house with them two kids getting mannish, and it's nasty. I'm sorry. And I don't, I don't apologize for it. Y'all can cancel me if y'all want to, but I can't. I can't get behind siblings hunching. I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. Yeah, as hard as it would be, because obviously you really love this person. I don't like Timmy said. I just don't. I don't see how you, it that that thought would ever leave your mind. Like. Yeah. Even if you wanted to say, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We didn't grow up with each other. I feel like the minute you went to kiss me, I would be like, you're my brother. You're my brother. <laughs> We're siblings. Like I, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't know how I would react in this situation. I know it would be heartbreaking, but I just don't think I could overlook the fact that we would be siblings. I don't – it would be in my mind always. It's the same thing – I don't know if it's the same thing, but like, you know, where, where there's some people who are like, they can forgive people who cheat on them. I would never be able to get your infidelity out of my mind. It would always be between us. Like anytime you would go somewhere, anytime you were texting, anytime it, it you, the trust, the bond, the, you know, curtain over my eyes, it's been lifted. It's gone. So, but you know, this is their life. This is their family. And if this is something that's ultimately you guys are able to not think about, good for you. 
I guess, a happy family. Wish you the best. Imagine the family reunion. You know when the family reunion, when you get the little, with the little, the little name tag that has cousin so and so or auntie so and so, like you, you finna have cousin so and so, sister so and so, auntie so, just inside your one family. Yeah, you're so. a sister, a mom, and an aunt in your household. <laughs> but and you it's know four what? People in the house. I will say, I am glad that the kidney worked out. You guys are doing better in that regard. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, shout out to the kidney. The kidney <laughs> is the redeeming quality of the story. Yeah. So shout out to the kidney. Best best of luck to y'all. Yes. God bless you. Um, I hope you enjoy each other. Um, <laughs> all I got. Thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of the Tea and Christmas podcast. Thank you, Crystal, for that. Oh my god, that was that was a twist. That that was, was. A good and I would love. Time. I, I want to know what y'all think. Like, tell me in the comments. Would you be getting divorced quickly, or are you going to be like this couple and is like we didn't grow up together, so it doesn't matter to me. I, Let me know. I would love to know. Oh my god! If y'all are on the YouTube, leave it in the comments, please. I really want to. I really want to know if I'm if I'm tripping. Am I tripping? Like, am I am I, I bad to be so. reacting this way? Because I, don't I think feel so. like I don't know why I feel like I'm I'm on the outside in, in this right. opinion. <laughs> like I feel like I'm really about to get towed up. Right. But I can't get down with this in any way, shape, or form. Like if y'all yeah. are related, it's a it's 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 a no from mm-hmm. what what did uh Randy from uh American Idol? It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's a no for me, y'all. Oh my god! Well, thank you, Crystal, <clears throat> for bringing that to the table. That was a good time, mm. and thank you all so much for joining us for another illustrious episode of the Tea and Crystal's podcast. I have truly enjoyed myself this evening. Um, through my throat, my throat is as soon as I turn this mic off, I'm finna sound like <laughs> I'd have smoked six pack of cigarettes in a day. For 20 years, okay? I'm hanging on by a thread. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. I did want to point out this week, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a question that is posed to you each and every week. Please respond to that question. We want you to interact. Make sure you're paying attention to your phone when you're listening to the podcast. Answer that question. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. That is so much fun. We will be highlighting it on the podcast in future episodes. <clears throat> if you like what you saw, make sure you comment, share, like, and subscribe on the YouTubes. If you have any questions for us, or if you want to share your own story, you can do so at tandcrystal at gmail.com. That is T-E-A-A-N-D-C-R-Y-S-T-A-L at gmail.com. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on the Facebook. The Facebook be jumping and you can find us on each of those platforms by searching T and Crystal's podcast. Make sure you follow us on TikTok. Become one of the 10,000 followers over there on the TikTok. Go on TikTok and search T and Crystal's podcast. That is T and Crystal's podcast. 
podcast. Go over there and join us. Also, find us on the Instagram. The Instagram be Instagram. It's a good time over there. They be in the comments. Hopefully, one of these days we're gonna share. We we have some things in the works mm-hmm. for for what you all have been doing on the Instagram. We want to highlight y'all. So please, if you want to be highlighted, go and join us on the Instagram, and that is at T and Crystals pod now crystal before we get the hell up out of her is there anything that you want to say before we before we go on i feel like i said all i needed to say <laughs> <laughs> we had some wild stories on here i Child. don't have nothing else to give <laughs> yeah <laughs> crystal said i've been running this show for 45 minutes i'm done <laughs> I am an introvert and I have talked too much. Listen, the social media, the, the social, social meter. meter is gone, baby, for the next two weeks. <laughs> I got to recharge. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all Thanks, next Siri. time. Bye. Bye.